Teachers Talk Film. I'm Pete Ray here with my good friend, fellow teacher, Mitchell Main. Today we're talking the Batman. How's life though? Unbatman related. What's going on? Uh, underneath the mask, things are going well. Um, April though, April's crazy for teachers. Uh, after spring break, we come back to school beginning of April and it's a dead sprint. You're the track guy, but we're all sprinting at this point with, um, we did our standardized tests, but now days are just looping in together. Um, like I feel like it was last week, two hours ago. Um, things just move so fast. Um, but that's good because I'm staying busy and I know once, May 21st comes around, I'm going to be twiddling my thumbs on the couch after watching four movies each day, um, wondering what the heck I should do next. So um, it's busy, but it's good. It's good. I, I have no complaints. No complaints. Yeah, April seems like the weeks either go by in the blink of an eye or it's like, wait, it's Tuesday and it feels like it feels like it's May and it feels like it's Thursday or Friday and the weather's nice. And this feels like summer and I am looking at fluorescent lights and a whiteboard and feeling a little trapped, but it's April. It is we're we're nearly in the, we are in the twenties. So we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yes, we, we are. Um, uh, like what, three weeks out from graduation day, um, which is crazy to believe. I remember graduation last year like it was yesterday. Um, uh, that speech. That yes. Was crazy. Let's, you know, I feel like this is something we've never talked about because one, you're just a terrible friend and like you got to speak at graduation <laughs> and you don't even let me know. You don't let me show up in support of, <laughs> of Mr. Maine. Like what? Take me through your thought process of just like keeping it on the down low. And I mean, you spoke in front of, can we say thousands of people? Yes, we can. You spoke in front of thousands of people. Close to maybe, I, I don't know. Um, yes. Okay. So I got teacher of the year last year um, and it seems like a cool honor on the surface, right? Like teacher of the year. That's sick. Um, but little to my knowledge, I got the award. Well, I didn't even get an award. I'll get, I'll circle back to that. Um, they said, okay, yeah, you're teacher of the year. Now you get to deliver the opening speech at graduation. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. Like I kind of expected that. Um, so I did that and that was cool. Um, I really loved the class last year, the senior class. It was the same class that I joined with. Like it was my first year teaching at that school with that group of kids coming to the school the same year. So that was really cool. Um, but then I had to give a speech um, earlier this year in like September for the academic awards ceremony, which I kid you not, I didn't know I had to give a speech and read the names until the day before. Principal. Yeah, the principal was like, oh, yeah, so you're going to be able to make it tomorrow, right? And I'm like, um, for what reason? He's like, well, you're giving the speech and you're reading all the students' names for the kids with, like, the 3.8 GPA or higher. I was like, oh, okay. And 
that stuff would phase me back in the day, but I think like we're public speakers every day. Um, we speak publicly every day. So um, it was cool though. It was a great honor. I kid you not today. One of the admin came into my room and he was like, and I'm really close with this guy. He goes, Hey, what did we do for you uh, last year when you won teacher of the year? He was like, did we like get you a plaque or like a gold bell or anything? And I was like, uh, no, you actually gave me the opportunity to give two speeches in front of large groups of people. And he was like, oh, and like he was joking. He was like, OK, well, that's what I thought or blah, blah, blah. Um, but no. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. It was a good experience. Um, I kept it on the DL because I didn't think it was that big of a deal, if I'm being honest. Um, but yeah. yeah, I get it. Stay humble. I understand. I understand. Uh, you should have told your go ahead you just said a phrase um stay humble oh you know yes. where i'm headed with this i am because this so, is big news yeah big. yeah you were going so, on one train track i'm i'm derailing your train track but i think it's going to be a, a better conversation for the listeners they don't want to hear this teacher talk you're uh, right who cares about us yeah, um, exactly because you know what people do care about what hip-hop Ooh. rap which is something that we, I feel like we have started talking about regularly on this episode, uh, or not on this podcast, sorry. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, today, released some details saying, hey, I'm going to release a new album. It's coming out May 13th. Mm-hmm. This is the first album we've had and I want to say, I don't know, four years, three, four years, maybe five. Um it's rough, man. It's been a long wait. And I like, I don't know. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited. I, I just cannot wait. I think I've, I mean, I like everything Kendrick Lamar puts out. I don't think a lot. I feel like people didn't love, 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 love. Damn. I liked it a lot. I listened to it a ton. So I'm pumped. I really liked it. Um, it came out, I think it was in 2017. I'm thinking, um, yeah, because I think it was the first year where I was like full on teacher. And I remember that coming out. Um, I remember it's called DNA, right? Yes. Yeah. Like that song just perpetuating through the test of time all the way up until next year when it was like the theme song for the NBA finals where we actually watched um, Kawhi Leonard in the Raptors take down the warriors and the injured clay thompson do you remember that it feels like ages ago feels like ages ago but yes that did happen that did in fact happen that was before the world got a little crazy uh but yeah good times back then yeah i remember watching that um but back to kendrick i'm excited for it i feel like um summer is when the true goats come out to play uh, last summer, it was J. Cole with the off season. Stunk. Um, yeah, it was great. Um, <laughs> you didn't like it? Is that what you said? I just, I, yeah, I said it stunk. I didn't think it was oh. great, but, but I'm not a big J. Cole fan, so I, I'm not an expert. Guys, don't. We still like X-Ray. Uh, TTF Nation will forgive him for his sins that he has said on this podcast already. Um, the off season was great. Even better though, was call me if you get lost Tyler, the mm-hmm. creator. 
There, now which, we're back on the same track. Yeah, which did win um, Best Rap Album of the Year. And Donda was up for Anom as well. But I'm going to say that the Best Rap Album won the award for Best Rap Album. Um, yeah, and then also Isaiah Rashad dropped an album last summer, The House is Burning. Um, three great albums. I still listen to them regu- regularly. Um, great dog walking music, great running music, um, mowing the lawn music, whatever you do in the summer, those songs are going to be there for you. Um, and I'm excited to hear some new Kendrick. Uh, so yeah, if you're ever just like bored, all you got to do is picture Mitchell Maine, uh, mowing the yard to yeah. Humble by Kendrick Lamar, um, just looking completely stoic, completely natural, no emotions, just complete focus. And since we are on the topic of music, one of the questions I had, I'm going to move it up a little bit since we're we're trying to get some flow here, okay. is, I mean, the movie we're re- reviewing today, The Batman, one of the most popular things about it is the the song nirvana kurt yes. cobain something in the way what here's my question you're riding on a motorcycle you are slightly depressed you just lost your parents and you've decided to become a caped superhero what song is playing in the background as you ride down the rainy streets I'm interested. Let's hear it. Okay. I've thought about this. You posted the agenda last night for this episode. And so I've been thinking about it. And I'll be honest, I initially came to one thought, like it just naturally came like within five seconds. Um, And I was like, that's darn near perfect. Um, And so I'm trying to think of another alternative, but I just can't because this is perfect. Um, And instead of me telling you, I'm just going to play 10 seconds. my phone speaker um because i'm thinking we're not allowed to play more than 15 seconds of the song um but this is just an it's just the instrumental for the song let me clarify that um and i took the approach a little bit differently than you um i'm still in the city of gotham in this scenario um i'm still the batman um (laughs) But, you know, I'm rough, I'm rugged, and I have a song that I feel encapsulates that, but also touches on my love for hip-hop music. Um, just picture this. I, I already am. I'm, I'm picturing the rough and rugged <laughs> Mr. Main already. Rough and rugged Mr. Main slash Batman riding my motorcycle to the Iceberg Lounge. And you hear this. Mommy, yeah. Ride, ride, ride. Yeah. Ride. You don't want to whip me. Uh, my, my first. Every time. My first. My first thoughts are, I, I can't believe you're riding to the Iceberg Lounge. That's messed <laughs> up, man. Not a great place to hang out. But. I mean, you're spot on. I mean, you're literally riding a motorcycle, playing Tupac, listening to Ambitions as a rider. What, what a great pick. I'm glad that that popped into your head right away. 
that was Dude, good. That was solid. It was it was something that like I just knew like somebody was delivering that to me. And will I you will your version of Batman be wearing a red bandana around his head <laughs> or maybe falling out of its pocket? Will that be happening? Wearing the Timberland, spitting into the camera every time it gets too close to me. <laughs> The, the penguin is uh, the notorious B.I.G. Yeah. Oh, dude, this is the multiverse. We're we're making we're pitching something here. <laughs> we are. This is the yeah the rat the rat multiverse of superheroes. Yeah. Tell me yours. Tell me yours. Mine. I mean, I came up with the question, but it was tough for me to think of one. I was you know I was scrolling through the list and you know the first place i went of course just my kanye west playlist so i was like there's, there's got to be something in here that i that i want to talk about i but, think i know which one it is going to be but don't i'm not going to say it yet oh oh i i hope i'm not that i can't is it is it can't tell me nothing no i actually didn't pick a kanye west song i branched oh, okay. out a little okay. bit okay but that one definitely popped into my head but that one's already that's already tied to a movie, which is The Hangover, which they use it perfectly in that that's movie to true. show the time lapse of Vegas. Um, but no, I actually went with kind of a branch off the Kanye tree. I went Kid Cuddy mm. Pursuit of Happiness. OK, because I feel like it's the right amount of like something in the way is like this. It's a rock song, but it's kind of laid back but still grungy you know at the same time in pursuit of happiness i feel is the same way it's it's loud but it's slow uh, but it hits you hard and that's what i want to be riding around on my motorcycle too cape flowing in the wind um it's raining it's dark kid cuddy pursuit of happiness that's what's going on i like that pick i think that fits you i think that fits you um so are you going to be rocking like a tie-dyed hoodie then too as the batman like as a young kid cuddy would rock no i'm gonna be repping uh some cleveland gear because <laughs> kid cuddy is from my home state of, of ohio and yeah my batman will be wearing i i mean i'm not a cleveland indians fan cleveland guardians sorry they've changed their yeah, name yeah how but, dare you? Uh, some Ohio gear. Instead of throwing a bat signal up in the sky, it's just going to be an outline of the state of Ohio, and I will know <laughs> is my time to defend defend anywhere. I can defend anywhere, but those those are my songs. Well, if they're defending any sports titles, I'm worried. Oh, <laughs> that was rude. That was rude. That was that was rude. But and, I'm not sorry. And, well, and like I said, I mean, I'm not a Cleveland sports fan. I'm an, I'm a very insanely huge Ohio State fan, but that's not Cleveland. That's just the state of Ohio in general. And you know what? We're, we're dang good every year. Every year we're dang good. You're like my brother, though. He's all over the place with his sports fandom. Like you're a Yankees guy. You're a Packers guy. You're all over the map. I'm glad you brought this up because I am ready to defend myself immediately. <laughs> From the age of one, from the age of maybe two, I have been a Yankees fan. Same for a Packers fan. It has been from a young age. Yes, I may be all over the place, but those are ingrained into the roots of who I am. So I, I will take no more slander on my sports teams. Yes, I'm a Yankees fan. Yes, I'm a Packers fan. Yes, they're both normally pretty dang good. I've, I've been lucky. I'm blessed. I understand. 
I understand. It's fair. I like the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, simply because I used to play with the St. Louis Rams in like Madden 04 when it was like Marshall Falk, Tory Holtz, and just the absolute beast of a lineup. So Good I get times it. Back then. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Okay. Uh, let's move from sports talk to superheroes because I know we've re- reviewed Blade already. What a great episode that was. <laughs> But to me, that's almost not even a superhero movie. That's a vampire movie. This is our first real dive into the superhero genre. Mm -hmm. And let's just lay it out for the people, for TTF Nation, for our listeners. Um, What is your your superhero background? Okay. Um, First of all, I want to say, not, not correct you, but I would also diverge and say that the batman is very much so uh, not a superhero movie um Ooh, we're gonna talk about is. this we'll, we'll talk come back it. to this um, this is good yeah yeah yeah. but background with superhero movies um growing up you know i always talk about my older brother at the beginning of pods um he was a huge batman guy and so he's four years older than me obviously that lane was kind of paved already for him so i'm not gonna walk the same path as him i'm gonna trailblaze my own path and so i did that through the realm of good old spidey spider-man um he is my guy um till the day i die baby um spider-man he's truly my favorite superhero i think he's got the coolest powers um i have a huge like speech about why i think he's the best that i give to my students the first day of school every year um but nonetheless, um, really into Spider-Man, really into just superheroes from a young age, as any eight-year-old boy is. I mean, come on. It's just got a grip on culture. Like, everybody loves superhero movies. My wife loves superhero movies. Um, they just appeal to the masses in one way, shape, or form. Everybody's going to resonate with one character at least. Um yeah, and so I got into them with just exploring Batman and Spider-Man with my brother. Um, Spidey's my favorite. Uh, the Dark Knight is probably the best superhero movie ever made. Shout out to Heath Ledger. Rest in peace. We'll give him his flowers. Um, no Way Home was great, too. Um, I think it's better than the Batman, and maybe we can circle back to that with another Ooh. point of contention. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah. Tell me about your background with all of this. So yeah, I, uh, I I'll say it right now. Batman is my favorite. He's always been my favorite. He always will be my favorite. I think the main thing that got me into that idea is like Christopher Nolan, the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm. I mean, the, they're so stinking good. Uh, and I I remember the first time that I watched the dark night in theaters and was just like, this is so cool. This is awesome. Um, I was in middle or high school. So yeah, it's a, a great time. You're just like super gung ho about it. And I loved it. And then I got into the Arkham Knight video games. Mm. Those are awesome too, where you actually get to be Batman. Uh, and if you can't tell, yeah, I've thought about like, maybe quitting the day job and doing a little training uh, and 
I could ride around with the mask on in the cape and beat up bad guys because you know what? Batman's got no superpowers and he's just smart and he's, he's rich. rich. I'm not, I'm not rich. (laughs) Yep. There it stops right there. Okay. I can't do it. Um, But yeah, it's Batman for me. So the fact that a new Batman movie coming out, I mean, I was pumped. We went through the dark ages of the justice league Mm. and um like suicide squad and dc was just not doing great for a while i will say i did like ben affleck as batman thought he did a good job and it was pretty cool but batman versus superman i want to fire it into the sun it was such a terrible movie (laughs) that's all i'll say because i'm ready to talk the batman like uh, i'm just excited to get to it but before we get to it we have something very important we have to talk about Mitchell Maine, you are, you have, we're trying to grow, you know, we're trying to grow the Twitter. I shook the game up. <laughs> we're, we're on TikTok. Uh, we try and get our uh, audience to like, like and review and subscribe and all that stuff, which you should definitely do or send us an email um, because that would just be cool. But you crafted a tweet, which we had, I mean, we hadn't got a ton of traction. You crafted a tweet. This tweet, was basically asking which one's better, the Batman or <laughs> Spider-Man Away Home. And you did this in a way that uh, it said like or, like or retweet, which, I mean, I'll let you talk about it more, but people were like, oh, this is so stupid. Uh, all this is doing is uh, trying to get more people to look at what you're doing. Like, yeah, guys, that's <laughs> the point of it. We, we very well know that we could have put a poll if we really wanted an answer. But only maybe three people would have voted in that poll. And last time I checked, there were like two million impressions on this tweet. So first of all, way to go. Way to make everybody mad. But uh, just just talk about your, your process there. Yeah, yeah. First of all, let me just address how unfair this question truly is. I also, this is so, question this is. It's so funny. It's so funny. I love this. This is the most ludicrous question I think I've ever seen on Twitter. Uh, (laughs) And (laughs) because they are totally two different films, um, and obviously we're going to talk about one of them today. They're both great in their own respects. Um, But I was just, you know, conversing back and forth with um, one of my brothers, Robbie V, big fan of the pod. Shout out Robbie V. Shout out. Shout out. ETF Nation. Um, he's got a little following with his Twitch streaming. Check him out. Um, Robbie V the salt Lord. Um, but he was telling me, like giving me some ideas of like what to tweet about. And he was like, one easy way is to just do like a like and favorite or favorite and retweet, um, question. And I was like, okay. And then like, I was thinking, and I was like joking around and I was like, oh, I could just do which movies better Batman or Spider-Man. Um, and so, you know what? I, I just went for it. Um, I, I thought about like the best way to present it. And so I used the emojis. Um, very easy on the eyes. Just the tweet. And, you know, most people are responding in a way that is civil, that is um, creating good dialogue, which I think is great. As teachers, we want people to talk and communicate and Exactly. potentially disagree with people 
Um, and like you said, if we do that to a poll or if we make this tweet a poll with our at the time 17 followers, <laughs> we're going to get four responses, two and two, and it's going to be an even split and there's going to be nothing exciting going on there. But instead, we are at 29,000 likes, 3,623 retweets, and 628 quote tweets. It's still at the point where if I refresh it every few minutes, more notifications pop up. Um, and I'm really, I'm truly reading some of the dialogue and like the conversation that's going on with some of these. Um, and it's cool to just, um, well, frankly, just pit two fan bases against each other and let them duke it out, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is cool because I'm seeing a lot of cool points and things like that. You do get the one or a few sour apples saying like, you could have just done a poll tweet. Yeah, I know. I even went on my personal Twitter and quote tweeted it. The I saw that. that was, that and was I was the, like, just do a poll tweet, bro. The cherry um, up top was when I saw <laughs> that. I was like, that's fantastic. If you want to see this tweet, um, just follow us on Twitter at Teacher Film Talk. Um, just Teacher Film Talk. It's, it's blown up. And I honestly thought it was going to get maybe 25 retweets. 25-ish favorites. Um, Robbie V started the trend by the first retweeting it because he has a decent following on Twitter and it just it caught fire from there. Um, I'm not sorry about making the tweet. Some people are way too mad about the fact that I presented it that way and not a poll, which makes me wonder what's really going on in their lives that they're mad about this. Um, yeah, so I don't apologize. Um, I think it's great to have superhero talk, um, especially in a way where, you know, you can kind of be a keyboard warrior um, and just duke it out with random 12-year-olds in San Francisco um, and hear what they have to say. So um, viral tweet, that is my first experience with it. Um, TTF Nation, you'll see many more viral tweets from the Teacher Film Talk Twitter. Um that is just that is that is the first one um so yeah not sorry about it <laughs> i love the just like i do not care i i did it and it worked and you know what you're probably gonna do it again yeah. um yeah and if if you are a new listener because you know what the followers went up that's how it works when people see your tweets and they see our beautiful logo and then they say you know what i want to listen to these guys maybe uh, if you're new, welcome. We're happy to have you. We're happy you showed up to the Batman. Uh, maybe if you're a superhero fan, go check out the Blade episode. Maybe leave a review. Talk about which one's better, Batman or Spider-Man, in the comments. I don't know. I don't you know, know what I should do next? You know what I should do next? Uh, make a tweet. Which one's better? Retweet for Batman, favorite for Blade. <laughs> You know, the, the next one you should do after that is which one's better, tweeting polls or tweeting like and reach? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into the Batman. Um, before we get there, again, if you're a new listener, go listen to our last episode because it's so different from this one. We talked to Kiru. Mm. Um but on that last episode, I mentioned something. I said that for this review, I would be donning the cowl. 
I would be donning the Batman mask. So if you're listening, I'm sorry, you're not going to get to see this, but it is currently entering the top of my head and forehead. Bum, 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 bum. For the remainder of this episode, the Batman mask will be on my face. Are you ready? I'm ready. I have a special guest with me too, actually. Um, oh, I brought him alongside. Um, you know, I brought Mr. Bruce as well. Um, listening, those who are listening, I got. I have the wait, gigantic. Wait, wait. Those, those who are listening, Robert Pattinson is currently in Mitchell Maine's house <laughs> in, on the screen next to him. He's got the impeccable jawline with just the perfect amount of facial hair. Um, he is definitely not a jumbo Funko pop doll <laughs> sitting on my desk. Um, it is Robert Pattinson in the flesh um, with his jewel pod in his little pouch um, in his suit. Um, he is he's ready to chat the Batman with us. All right, here we go. Synopsis. When the Riddler, a sadistic serial killer, begins murdering key political figures in Gotham, Batman, along with key comic book figures Catwoman and Jim Gordon, investigate the city's hidden corruption and attempt to find El Rata Alada. Directed by Matt Reeves, starring, we just mentioned him, he's in the room, Robert Pattinson as Batman, uh, starring many more people, which I'm sure we'll talk about in the future Mm -hmm. um you want to start this one you know i feel like i would just be plain rude to start this one batman is your guy take it away thank you thank you for giving that to me yes um i want to get something out of the way so (laughs) i want to talk about it first because then we can really focus on the movie itself i feel like and i mean it goes back to the tweet I feel like we have to compare this movie to Marvel movies. Absolutely. Marvel has, I mean, they've expanded the genre a crazy amount. Uh, what they did with Endgame, what they did with Infinity War, the, the building up of Iron Man, the building up of all these characters that literally anybody can find somebody that they like mm-hmm. is amazing. Uh, I... The, I think the thing that I love about this movie the most is that it looks, it looks, it sounds, its plot is absolutely nothing like a Marvel movie. You said earlier that this is not a superhero movie, and I could not agree with you more because I feel like the superhero genre is a Marvel movie. Like, that's what it looks like. That's what it sounds like. Every Marvel movie kind of looks the same, and this one does not, and I am so happy about it it's three hours long and it's just so different and we'll talk about those differences later but yeah what are your thoughts marvel dc and the debate there you know i feel like dc really had to pull something out of left field um because like you said marvel is just absolutely just crushing the superhero game right now um, from movies to um, Disney Plus shows, they're, they're killing it. There's no denying that fact. Um, and for DC to potentially follow their formulaic multiverse, um, cheesy comedy 
jokes intertwined with some high intense action and quick shots um, would be cool. I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to pay the 1125 to go on opening night. Um, but I think this approach works better. I really like DC's approach with their newest um, intellectual properties. We've, we need to talk about um, the Suicide Squad at some point um, or just the Peacemaker TV series um, as well, just maybe in like a quick little intro. Um, yeah, I feel like they took a risk with this one. It's definitely the um, noir detective film more than a superhero film. The thing I really like about this movie is that though it is Batman, take away the suit, which by the way is just absolutely sick. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you still have a pretty rocking movie and I'm still liking it. Um, and I think DC took a risk and they were successful. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably one of the biggest things I'm going to talk about is I really hope that I don't know, directors like look at this and go, hey, you know what is good is if we make a movie like this is a noir detective movie, it's a mystery, mm-hmm. and we just throw the superhero in there. Like, let's just make a comedy movie. The superhero is a character in there. Let's make a horror movie that's rated R and there's blood and it's freaky and throw the superhero in there. Because then we're we're getting new things. We're getting new things instead of saying we're going to make a superhero movie. And yeah, we'll have elements of fantasy and we'll have elements of horror. But I just feel like that doesn't make the biggest like change. It doesn't. We don't get what we got here, and I love what we got here. So I mean, that's why I'm. That's why I love this movie. It's so different from what we've seen. And I think. Batman is truly the one superhero that can pull it off well. Like, and I think that's because of its um, predecessor films um, before, like you talk about the dark Knight with the Joker and Heath Ledger, just an incredible performance um, dark. And, you know, you're, they're sort of scratching the surface at this new subset of superhero film that is going to, later than become the Batman. I'm, I'm really excited to see where Matt Reeves takes it from here. Um, but like, I think about like, you can't make like the Hulk, a noir detective film, <laughs> like the Batman, it works uh, like Gotham, the city sets itself up. Like naturally, I feel like the noir detective film fits for that city. Um, Again, it was a risk, however, but they were they were successful, and I'm excited to see where it goes. All I'm picturing is Hulk, um, <laughs> like Bruce Banner, just walking around trying to figure out these clues, and he can't figure them out, and then right. he just turns into the Hulk. And uh, yeah, that that'd be interesting. He'd he'd have a tough time with the Riddler for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's get into like some more specifics, and the first thing I want to talk about is. And I think we, I mean, we talked about this the first time we saw it, and maybe we'll say that for the end, our our experience seeing it together. Yeah, we got to talk about that nugget too. Yes, yeah. the the lighting of this mm-hmm. movie, I absolutely loved. I love, love, loved it. Um, there were, I wrote down a ton of examples. I'll just talk about a few. 
the way that it, the light shines off of his bat suit because it's made out of this like leather type like hard leather i feel like it shines off of it unlike any bat suit we've seen before so you see like those yellow lights the street lights um when there's and there's not a ton of light but it's shining off of that um the red just in like the title scene of mm. the batman but we also see that kind of throughout the movie and one of the places is um the iceberg lounge as you said already oh, but so that man that red just batman and red it goes so perfect together it's awesome and they don't overuse it it's it's great uh one of the big things of noir movies is how dark they are like noir literally means dark black uh so i love that the like perfect use of light where it is dark probably the best example of that is the it's one of the first scenes we have with when the riddler is behind that the mayor or the governor mm -hmm. he just like pops up you can barely see his glasses it is it is perfect um speaking of i i mean i have the mask on you are wearing the riddler glasses so <laughs> you've you've brought a prop as well you've brought a costume yeah, I think I picked out the wrong glasses, though, now. Um, I don't want to be associated with that guy. He's insane. Uh, I loved the the golds, like the sun rising. There's just a ton of gold and yellow. Um, another great scene. I feel like this has become kind of a norm for the Batman movies, but there's, like, gunfire going off, and it's complete darkness. Ah! Yeah, oh, my goodness. Ah! And you're just seeing Batman... It, it's it's so cool just seeing him beat these guys up but you're only seeing it between the muzzle flashing ah, dude. in the hallway you're that is the hardest scene in the movie it is so, ah, so okay good. i'm cutting you off i'm sorry that go, scene go. Dude, that scene gives me goosebumps man um when he comes up from the elevator you hear the ding and then it's just quiet and it's they all black. turn around yeah they see the bat he's on top of the ceiling and then they just start firing him, firing at him. And it, you can only see like the glimpses of light coming from the ammunition. And it's just like this strobe effect. And Pattinson is just bam, bam. Dude, it's so sick. Oh, my gosh. I remember seeing that in the theater with you. And I was like, dude, this is this is the coolest scene. And then rewatching it again this time just solidified it. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. It's so cool. And then the last, I mean, there's there's plenty more we could make a whole podcast on just the lighting in this movie uh it's become pretty popular though and that's the flare scene when mm. the the garden is flooding and batman lights the flare and oh my god the red is back and you're just seeing his reflection we get a shot above of the red um oh my goodness it, it's amazing and even right before that we have the red and blue of the police lights like flashing on the water as he's falling come on come on these people are geniuses like to think of this stuff and to make it look that good i i will never ever 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 be able to do that it i just love it man just the way without saying it but they're basically just saying let Batman put the city on his back and let him go to work. He is going to restore this city. It's not going to become easy, but just let this man go to work and let him just drag these civilians through 
the water through this rubble that has created havoc in this um, venue. Dude, what what a great scene. My favorite part of that scene is the bird's eye view angle at the top, too, where he's walking out and like you just see the red flare just moving off screen with his bat ears um, and the cape flowing behind him and then people bef- people behind him as well. Just like he's like, just follow me. I got you. Um, it's like uh, just him putting the city on his back. Like I said, there's no other way to put it. It's beautiful. And it's a great turning point, too, because he's after that, he's realized that um, like maybe people have been have the wrong image of who he is as Batman. Mm -hmm. Um, He figures that out with the Riddler when the Riddler is like, hey, we're a team. We're together. I'm on your side. We've been doing this whole thing together. So, yeah, I think that that's a perfect moment when the kid reaches up out of there. And now he is he's kind of transformed who he is. And I think that's, I mean, that's probably something that they will explore in the, in the next movie, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, dude, just so many great scenes just with the lighting and the camera work. Um, One that you didn't mention, um, which is going to lead into my next thing that I wanted to talk about was the very first look truly of Batman. Um, we get the opening scene, which was it gave me rear window vibes um, yeah. where he's looking into the apartment complex, which I thought was really cool. We're seeing through the cool eye tech, which the tech is just unreal in this. Um, but the first scene where we see like him in the subway station with the goons with the white faces, um, it's all it's pitch black again. Yeah. And then we just see him emerging out of the shadows tie that in with the score dude the score in this movie is phenomenal um i said this to you on the night we went and saw it i was like man it felt like i was watching darth vader on screen like just not only the way he walks body language wise but the score along with just the costume and everything like he's scary dude like like he is he is scary he is the vigilante um and he is out to protect but man if i'm on his bad side i'm not feeling good about my chances and i mean is there is there a better opening scene to introducing a new batman in a new world in this new place when the the narration Oh, that was my, my next point. Oh my God. The narration. I I want to go watch it right now and just listen to the narration. <laughs> and holy cow, especially because I mentioned this to you earlier, but it it sounds so much like the comic books. Mm-hmm. Um I, I I'm not an expert on the comics, but I've read a few, and there's a lot of like that's how they start. It's like Batman introducing to you, like, hey, here's what's going on. Uh it was so, so good. Him talking about being the shadows when yes. they're afraid of the shadows. I mean, I, my mind is about to explode. And I've, I mean, I don't know. I've seen this movie three times. I've seen this movie three times and I want to watch it again. And it's three hours, nine hours of my life have been <laughs> consumed by this movie. Uh, talk about the narration because you wanted to talk about that. Oh my goodness, man. Hidden in the chaos is the 
waiting to strike. Here, wait, keep going. I'm going to do the bells. I'm going to do the... (laughs) They know fear is a tool. They say, I live in the shadows. But I am the shadows. (laughs) Dude, so sick. Uh, The narration throughout... It, I pair it with like his journaling as well. Like yeah. we get a lot of the narration when he's journaling. I really liked that small touch too, because not only are we hearing the verbal narration, but we're getting the like the scribed narration when he goes back to his little bat cave, which again is sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like that uh, one because it just sounds awesome. It touches on the comic books, which I have not read, but I'm taking your word for it. It makes sense. Um, but it also shows like a lot of the, the introspective vulnerability of Batman. When we think of superheroes, oftentimes we associate them with, um, like the Superman complex where they're just like omnipowerful and like, that's not Batman. He's very much so in like the inner workings of trying to better himself, especially at the end. Um, he says, what does he say? Uh, he says something like, I'm still learning. I have to be more. This city is scarred like me. Like, like this guy is vulnerable. He He's a little bit emo. Yeah. And, but it works. And the narration just really highlights that for me. Uh, I mean, it's great. Like, I mean, like we said, Robert Pattinson's in the room and it's very clear because he's literally <laughs> speaking into the mic saying these lines. Um, but yeah, they they kind of turned into that. That's what everybody says about Batman. He's depressed. He's lost his parents. He's emo. And man, they just, they dove right into that storyline. And I mean, they they perfected it. It's fantastic. The eye black he has on mm. and the close-ups and the red and his hair is falling down. Like, yeah, this guy is emotional. And the first time I watched it, my, one of my maybe things I was like ah I wish I would have had just like maybe a little more emotion from Robert Pattinson as Batman because he's just so stoic all the time mm-hmm. but second and third time I've watched it I haven't really noticed that too much uh so yeah that's kind of where I'm at there I love the the emo repressed uh just kind of he takes it easy he's 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 laid back somehow but He's still just pummeling people, which is awesome. On that note, can we talk about his, just his fight scenes? Um, I feel like a lot of, like you can tell when a fight scene is choreographed and they're acting, right? And I don't think that's the case in this film. I feel like even with, Paul Dano as the Riddler, his actions, like the way he just absolutely obliterate or obliterates uh, Mayor Mitchell in the opening sequence. Yeah. Like he's got some conviction in those punches and like he's throwing his whole shoulder back. Um, Like it's not just a quick boom. I'm acting here. Let me punch you in the face and just hit you with this blunt hammer thing. It's, it's true. Like aggression it's force and same thing with the Batman. We see that in the first scene, the Batman, Robert Pattinson, he relies on his fists more than the weapons, which I really liked. And um, 
like there are multiple times where like he injures himself and like he's not perfect but his fighting approach felt real it felt raw and i was just i'm all about it yeah i mean the muzzle scene's a good one the muzzle flash scene because you're really he's like jumping all over the place and just wrecking like six seven eight guys um the other one you mentioned the riddler just like going to town on the mayor is he the mayor or the governor no idea i think he was the mayor right mayor mitchell sure yeah 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 okay um do you feel connected to him that you could one day be mayor mitchell uh man i hope my fate isn't like his i'll say that (laughs) but anyways the riddler yeah man they show him punching he's going crazy and then that almost gets reversed at the end of the movie when Batman, he's like kind of dying, but he takes out the Bane serum and he plugs it into his leg and goes insane. And then he is punching that guy like crazy. And again, that's just rough. And then they pull him off of him. But yeah, that's a great point that this is a brutal movie. It's we're not playing around here. It is. It is awesome. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Um, It's PG 13. Do you feel like they held back to keep it PG-13 and like they had to cut a lot of things because they knew if it was R, you know, it wouldn't get the mu- as much spread as it did? Because I feel like this very much so is it's right on the cusp of being an R-rated film. What, what do you think? Yeah, I feel like maybe, uh, maybe we have some more blood. Maybe we get some more uh we see what the riddler does but we don't at the same time even when he's like the probably maybe the grossest part of the movie is when the police commissioner is in the rat trap and like mm-hmm. he's rats are basically going to eat him alive like that's pretty gross but we see it through the phone screen mm-hmm. um like we don't see the full thing it's kind of dirty so yeah i don't think they held back and i think they did a great job of holding that that line and like man this is rough stuff it's going to keep you entertained and interested and maybe even make you uncomfortable which the riddler should because he's like terrible but it's still it's not going to be too much yeah yeah i agree i i mean i kept going back and forth i had a student in my room just hanging out during one of my plan periods and he's a big film guy and i was telling him i was like oh the batman's on hbo and he was like, oh, you want to play it right now? Like jokingly. And I was like, I don't know. Do you want me to? Because it's PG-13. Like I'm legally okay to. Yeah. And he was like, wait, it's rated R, right? And I was like, no, it's PG-13. I was like, oh, I definitely thought that was a rated R movie. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no. but it's it's nice that it, it feels rated R because it is like the tone of it is more serious. It is more real deal. Um, moving on. One thing I really want to talk about. I've kind of mentioned it, the way this movie looks. We talked about the lighting. Just the amount of different shots in this movie. And I know that that's maybe sounds dumb, but I feel like movies, a lot of movies, and I would accuse Marvel movies of this too. It's like they have no creativity in how they shoot it. Mm-hmm. It's more what you see on screen, but it's not like the cinematography. It's not where the camera's set up or how it's set up computer this movie i it's just so interesting you can tell they put immense amounts of thoughts into how they decided to film them uh and again like lighting i have a giant list the mounted bike shots 
those are so cool i i feel like i haven't really seen that before and i'm sure it's not a new thing but man when it's mounted and it's just it's not really even focused on him it's just focused on the road Mm -hmm. uh it does that same thing when he's in the squirrel suit flying we get that angle looking down on his head like those are just cool um there are a ton of close-ups of just batman's hands uh it's early on when he takes his really really cool contact off and sets it on the screen we just get close up of his hands turning knobs and printing out things like that. That makes it so much more interesting than literally we could hit just have a full shot of him doing all these things. And it happens really quick and it's over. That stuff really gets me going. Um, some more the the slow-mo of we're in Batman's eyes. Uh, it's his field of view. Slow-mo walking into the crime scene and all the cops are turning and looking at him wow what a scene what a way to film that because we are we are him the amount of scenes that are backlit Mm -hmm. uh, this kind of goes back to lighting but i mean probably the most famous scene from this movie is the car chase where all we get is a silhouette of batman upside down the cape is flowing there's a stinking fire behind him and I mean, that's become the most popular, but there are so many like that uh, YouTube channel shout out. There's a YouTube channel called The Beauty Of, and they just do the beauty of movies. I just watched it before we started recording. There are so many scenes where whoever's whoever we're seeing is just a silhouette. And a lot of times, I mean, it's perfect for Batman. He's in the all black and whatever is behind them is lighting them up, but you can't see their face or their back or whatever. I mean, I I love those shots. I have, I have many more, but go ahead. I was gonna say, can you shut up so I can share some <laughs> shots? <laughs> I you're taking. I, I all maybe mentioned. I maybe mentioned four, and I have at least ten more. Yeah, I'll, I'll name a few. Yeah, because I got a few as well. Um, I really love the close-up shots um, on just the faces. Obviously, I think they're hitting like where they need to have the enhanced editing and camera angles and things like that. Not even editing. I shouldn't even say that. It's just the camera work is unreal. Um, One that really stands out to me is when um, we see the Riddler in the diner after he um, basically just sets himself up for being arrested. Um, He says, I ordered a pumpkin pie or something pumpkin pie baby yeah they slam him on the table (laughs) um the camera then is just right in his face um you see the glasses and it's just not only the close-up but also his facial expressions like he has like this weird little smirk at first like well no first he's kind of like terrified like he's realizing what's going on but then after that sort of anxiety settles or whatever you want to call it he he starts like smirking in a really creepy way and it's just right in his face the camera is right there too close for comfort i'm freaked out and i'm not even in gotham um beautiful acting beautiful camera work you mentioned the car scene the car chase scene you're cutting me off what i must (laughs) we're we're gonna keep cutting each other since this is your movie i'm gonna let you cut me off you cut me off here in a second. We, we got to stay even um, because I got to stick with that scene with the, the Riddler being caught scene because there's mm-hmm. one shot right after the Riddler. It goes back to Batman. He is like 
I don't know if it's slow-mo, but it's slow. And I'll talk about slow later on, but he's stepping like through the policeman and he like is peering in through the window. There are so many shots in this movie where we, there is something between the character and, and the camera. And that's a great one. We have the window of this diner and there's rain all over it. Like it's not, it's not a perfect shot. It doesn't look, it's not beautiful. We're not getting the Captain America glowing. It is like, it's hard to see Batman through the rain and he's peering in on the Riddler. And there's a lot of shots like that where it's, it's gummed up. There's water on the camera and you're about to talk about the car scene, which is a place where they do that that a ton i'm so proud of how i transitioned right back to you no need for cutoffs what's here <laughs> well i was gonna circle back to that one um but you cut me off with the restaurant diner scene but i'm okay with it um i'm okay with it um this is your movie your moment um the car chase scene though super super sick again we get the close-up shot of penguin and he's basically just freaking out um because the batman is just right on his tail literally um the camera is to the left of him and we're right up in his personal business and the penguin shoots out he shoots right at the camera and it just obstructs our view add that with the rain add that with the orange glow of just Mm. gotham and the fire dude orange dude and the and then the scene or the shot where i mean we have to mention this the batmobile just jumps through the fire Come on now. Come on. Uh, and a quick shout out, because the first time we watched this, one of one of my former students was in there and he came and like debriefed the movie with us afterwards. And he <laughs> called that scene uh, Batman gets stuck in traffic. Yeah. And th- I mean, that is the that is the perfect way to describe it, because it I, I again, I've watched this movie three times. Every time that scene feels long, it's like, OK, we get the car chase. Let's get us. I want to see the explosion. I want to see Batman walking. Uh, but yeah, what a, what a beautiful, beautiful, awe-inspiring shot. Can I can I add something to that? Um, of course. Yeah, when I when we watched that, we were debriefing like little dweebs in the movie theater. <laughs> it was like me, you, your student, and like some two like forty year old dudes who were able to escape their wives for a couple That'll hours. That'll be us someday. That'll be us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But we were just debriefing, chopping it up. And I think I said something to the likes of that car chase scene was too long. I think I regret saying that now. Oh, really? You're you're backtracking a bit. I think I'm, I'm backtracking. I do think the film is a little long, and I'll talk about that when I give my score. Um, but it was it was necessary. It's the only true moment where we have the Batmobile in action. The Batmobile is sick. It doesn't, it doesn't look perfect. It has like the steampunk rocker vibe to it. It almost looks like a, like an El Camino or something of the sort. Like a, It's just like a beefed up muscle car. Yeah. Yeah. It howls at you when we see it, when it pans over to it. It's sick. Um, I really appreciate that film or that scene now. I think that's because I'm just look. I looked at this movie with a different lens this time, looking at yeah. more of the artistry of it. Um, and so I think there are other areas that they could have cut some time and it wouldn't have hurt. Um, but I'm OK with that scene being roughly like, what, seven minutes long? 
let's let's get into maybe runtime or if you want to save that for the end but one of the things that i loved about this was how slow it was even the way that just like robert pattinson walks is slow that's that first fight scene that we have him walking out of the shadows he ain't in a hurry this is his this is his zone he's taking his time uh the way that characters talk to each other, they're taking their time. It's slow. And I, I just love that, that it's, it's a different, it's just a different feel. Uh, it's not super quick. It's not super fast. We're taking our time. This is noir. We're focused on the dialogue a little bit more. We're focused on letting the scene breathe. And yes, that makes the movie three hours long, but, and I hope you do disagree with me because rarely do we disagree, but I love the three hour runtime. Not once in my, again, I'm going to mention it again, three viewings. Can you tell I'm a little <laughs> proud of myself? Uh, I've never felt that it's, that it's felt long, but I, I totally understand if you do. So I agree and disagree with you. I, I agree. The, the, it's a slow burn noir film and that's pretty consistent through all three acts. Um, I think I even labeled this like the Batman, the slow burn detective noir. Um, Do I think three hours? I think it's actually like two hours and 48 minutes. Do I think that's too long? Yes. Um, Do I think it hinders the movie incredibly? No, but it definitely deducts a couple points from me. Um, it's not so much the fact of that, like Pattinson moves slow and things like that for me. And like the story buildup is slow. I will say this though, there are, and I wanted to mention this at one point anyway, one, two, three, four, five, six riddles in this film from Paul Dano. Um, I feel like that's one or two too many. I feel like the writing gets a little bit loose towards the end. Like, bring the rat to the light like i feel like they could have maybe bypassed some of those riddles and achieved the same effect um they could have cut down half an hour by doing that and this would have been higher in my book um but also and people are going to hate me for maybe saying this ttf nation um you might disagree as well which is great a lot of b-roll footage that i don't think i need um yeah, and you're mad. I'm gonna let me finish my thought. Let me finish my thought. <laughs> I think it's great to see Robert Pattinson listening to Ambitions as a rider, going to the 40 below club with his motorcycle. Um, if you were listening at the beginning, you get that connection. Um, call back, call back. Yeah, I don't think I need six of that, six of those moments. Especially the one at the end where uh, him and Selena, Catwoman, are like, okay, well, I guess this is it for now. And then they're like, peace out. And then they're riding their motorcycles next to each other for like four minutes. And then they veer off and then the movie ends. Um, Like a lot of those little B-roll footage-esque type of scenes could have been cut out for me and I would have been okay with it. They do pull the, hey, see you later. And then they end up walking the same way and it's awkward. (laughs) But let me say, give me three hours alone of just B-roll, no plot from this movie. 
I I love B-roll. Like in in really any movie, I love B-roll just because I think that it looks it looks cool. And for those who maybe haven't heard of B-roll before, it's really just shots that like aren't forwarding a plot along. Really, um, it's like kind transitions. of those transitions. Yeah, I I love I love that in any movie. Love that you can, and that would be maybe my favorite job on a film set. Because directors don't really film that themselves. That's a whole department that goes and films the B-roll. I I would love to film B-roll because I think there's a lot of thought you can put into, yeah, how are we going to transition from this one thing to the next? Give me three hours of B-roll. I'm watching it, especially from the Batman. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I like it. Um, and it you're right. It makes it longer. It definitely does. It adds a lot to it. Yeah, and since it's the batman like i'm okay with it and i'm this film is fantastic i mean rewind this to any point where i'm talking and i'm just gassing it up like no other um but the b-roll footage is a is a is a lot um i think the bigger issue i have are some of those riddles um take away one or two of those riddles and and i think we're okay yeah um well, I, I got a bunch of like quick little things. Do you have any like big, big points you want to hit or you want to just roll through a few small ones? I have one more big one. And then I think I've said my piece. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, and this might open a can of worms. So we don't Uh-oh. need to dive too much into this. Um, how do I go? Okay. So with superhero films, I'm always caught in between. Should I let this film just be a superhero film or should I have it? Or do I want it to say something more? Mm. Mm. This is a can of worms. Yeah. But it's a good can of worms. I, I love film for the component of social commentary. Um, I think it's great. My question is, do you think the Batman crosses into social commentary too much? We have the moments where um, Catwoman and Batman are talking. Um, she drops the white privilege line. Um, and there's the she doesn't justify what the Riddler's doing, um, but she sees where he is coming from because of all the corruption from the government officials and the politicians and that's clearly i mean the climate of the world today it's clearly saying something about that um and i like it a lot um but i wanted to hear kind of just your take do you think so superhero movies should be the popcorny superhero movie or do you think there's an obligation for them to add a little social commentary I think this this is something that I've talked about in just like my regular English class a lot that any movie that gets made is going to be influenced by what's going on at the time around it. Mm-hmm. Some definitely more than others. This one definitely more than let's say Iron Man 2. Uh, like and I agree with you. I think it's okay. I think I think maybe they took one step too much. Like I'll I'll compare it to The Dark Knight uh, I've heard and I believe this because it seems true that like one of the things that was going on in 2008, 2009, when that movie was released was like 
the world was just afraid of like terrorism and Christopher Nolan gives us a character in the Joker who basically is a terrorist. Like he just loves chaos. He loves Mm -hmm. everything. And he does it in a way that we don't realize that that's what it's about, but it's still playing on our fears. So I definitely think the dark Knight did that better to where, like you said, the whole wealth gap, rich versus poor thing is definitely a thing that's going on in our society right now. And things that people are talking about. And the fact that this was about that, I, I love that. Like, I think that that was perfect. Um, maybe a little too on the nose at some points, but mm-hmm. overall, um, I was for it. I liked the direction they went. I agree. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying, too. This isn't fully a superhero movie. There's something right. else going on here. And so I do very much do think it is a reflection of the times. Um but also we got we got a little bit of Batman flair to it. So like I said, remove the cape from Robert Pattinson and I still like the movie, but I like exactly. it even more because it is the Batman. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point. Like me being a giant Batman fan, that's definitely, I give a ton of points to the movie for that, but I, I just like the way this movie looks, feels the plot characters. I, I like them all. Um, and yeah, I guess a few quick things real quick. Uh, we haven't talked about the Riddler too much, but him as a villain, uh, I enjoyed him. Uh, I liked how little we knew about him. We only saw him when he was releasing videos or literally writing letters to the Batman. I liked that we didn't focus on him too much till towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that he's like mentally deranged that, I mean, that kind of goes back to what's going on in cultural discussions right now uh so i really liked that uh i liked like the penguin and that whole i mean the iceberg lounge is so cool oh yeah. just the way it looks and everything that happens there zoe kravitz is catwoman i mean she crushes it she crushes it uh the I, one of the perfect lines is like they're they're not saying hey this is catwoman it's just like she's got the hood on that makes the cat ears she has cats all around her and then i really like the line she says i've got a thing about strays because a lot of cats (laughs) (laughs) that line is so perfect because it's it's literally things about her personality like she cares about these people who are on the outskirts Mm -hmm. and we get like this the word stray is um connotative with a a cat so I thought that that subtlety was good. Like the characters, um, my big things, yeah, the way it looked. Oh my goodness! Again, give me the B roll, and <laughs> I'm in. One major qualm. Ooh, major. Get the Joker out of this movie. Oh, that was my next question. That was my no, next question. All no, right, no, it, no, elaborate, no. elaborate. <sighs> No one ever in the history of this world is going to outdo Heath Ledger's Joker. It's not going to happen. We have this cultural fascination with the Joker now. And yes, he is one of maybe the best villains in all comic book ever. It's you almost can't do it. You can't do it because of how good Heath Ledger did. So I'm I'm a little worried about the next movie because I don't want him to be the main villain Mm -hmm. uh but it did sound like at the end like he's talking about a comeback story 
And I've heard people talk about like maybe he'll just be stuck in Arkham Asylum and maybe like helping the Riddler or helping other villains. I do not want to see the Joker in the next movie. Um, Because, yeah, I just think it's so hard to everyone's everyone's already comparing this movie to the Dark Knight and to Justice League and to every Batman movie that's come before it. Why open yourself up for the comparison to the best portrayal in a superhero movie ever? I agree um, with you giving praise to Heath, Heath Ledger. I disagree in the fact that you just have a major qualm with it. Um, you saw the deleted scene. Yeah with the Joker and the Batman, if they were to add that, I would have been pretty mad. Okay. Um, because this isn't about the Batman and the Joker. Um, one thing I did like about the, it's not very subtle, but just the little moment with him in the Batman is just the, the reminder that, because at this point, like the Riddler's, locked up like things are semi-positive for gotham like they're on the upswing um but it's this quick little reminder hey this place is still infested with crooks and psychotics um don't forget that remember there's this other guy here um and like do i think they need that scene no i liked the laugh i thought the laugh was good um i have no qualms with that um but yeah i mean it's not needed i would yeah and i i probably shouldn't say major qualm with the score i'm about to give this movie but uh (laughs) yeah that that was just something that i when it came up the first time i was like ah didn't need it but you're right it doesn't drag it down doesn't drag it down as much as i maybe opened it up to to portray so i agree though you can't replicate ledger's performance not a chance one thing i i will say from that deleted scene they're not trying to replicate it he's he looks so different he sounds different um and i'm sure you know what i'm sure he'll do different things so if he shows up in the second one uh, it's not like i'm like uh this sucks because you know what i try i trust matt reeves after this movie a ton because man he he killed it he killed it um is it score time um it is it is actually let me just add one thing you don't need to add um he's the batman's kind of funny in his own way where i don't oh, think thank he is you. He thank knows you he's yes funny. um thumb yeah, drive. yeah the thumb drive there's the scene too the you got a lot of cats and then um the scene where he's with gordon and Gordon's like, hey, you could have held back on that punch. He's like, I did. And he's like, just so nonchalant, but he's hilarious. I don't think he knows how hilarious he is. And that's such a great Batman line when he says, I did pull that punch. There's so many lines throughout Batman history of him just being so stinking cool and just better than everybody else. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that line is great. When he holds up the, the thumb drive, and Gordon just looks over and he just goes, Jesus. He's just like, oh, man. Um, 
but yeah and then he holds it up again and he's like try this when they're trying to decrypt the thing and he jim gordon's just like he just lets out a sigh i think he's like (laughs) or i think he says i hate this guy or something like that something like that yeah that was good um I want to hear your score first. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. I feel like I addressed everything I needed to. Um, My score didn't change a whole bunch from when I initially watched it. Um, Initially, I gave it. To interrupt you real quick. The first time we shared our scores were in the bathroom next to each other at the urinals. So yeah. Yeah. Leaving ourselves after the three hour adventure. Yeah. Um, And I said to you then, I give this an 89. And I think if I had the Batman fandom encrypted in my DNA like you, I would have given it more. Uh, My score doesn't change much this time. I docked it one more point. It's an 88 for me, Mm. which is a beautiful score. I mean, that's a that's a B plus. That's a darn good movie. Um, And I think my biggest thing is some of the writing towards the end gets a little bit excessive and too much um again remove one even one of the riddles from the riddler's scheme and i think we achieve the same effect here and knock off 15 to 17 minutes of this film um where it's in the 90s for me um but i really like the risk that dc took um like i said at the beginning of this episode they went into this um with a different angle than a typical marvel film um and they did a darn good job um yeah the cinema i hate that word the cinema the film lover in me loves all the shots the lighting we talked about that for pretty much the whole episode which is great um love it 88 great score what about you okay first time i watched this again urinal score I believe it was a 93, uh, maybe even a 94. And I, I think it was a 93 and I went home and as I thought about it more, I just went, man, I love this movie. Bumped it up to a 94. Second time I watched it, I went, you know what? I really love this movie. <laughs> and I settled on my final score of a 96. Ooh. I, I love this movie. Yes, my Batman fandom plays into it. But I just think that this is a well-filmed, well-made, well, it's just, a, oh my God, it's a movie. I, I think we're, we're at the end of our words because I love this and I'm excited for kind of, I think we've opened the next chapter of Batman and what is to come. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll probably throw it on tonight. I'll probably fall asleep <laughs> to Robert Pattinson's uh, intro in his narration as he beats up the people of Gotham. So yeah, 96. Uh, I love this movie. I love it. Glad I'm picked. Glad I picked it. Uh, 96. It's a great choice. I mean, how could we not with the HBO max release? We had to talk about it, especially with the tweet too. It just makes sense. It just, and makes sense. we got a, we got a call back to our last episode. Cause we said that this, this movie is really what started this podcast. Talk about it. Talk about it. I mean, like we said, we were debriefing after the movie, just kind of talking. I mean, we had great conversation. I think that that was like, like, hey, we're having a conversation. Again, we were talking to one of my former students, which I think made it even better. 
just it was just guys talking movies. What can be better than guys talking movies? Uh, and we kind of like text a little bit after that. I think we talked about doing a podcast before, but it's like, ah, do we really? I don't know. Are we are we up to podcasting? Which we are. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, we just started talking about it. Let's do it. What's the name going to be? I feel like since we're both teachers, we got to do something with teaching. Let's throw a logo on there. We got to find some intro and outro music. Um, we have to uh, maybe pump some iron a little bit so we don't look so bad on screen. Uh, <laughs> hum with the voices, get the voice boxes going. Uh, but and I really wanted to this. I wanted this to be the first movie, but that would have involved like us going back to the theaters, and it, we did it at the right time. We started great with spirited away and yeah this is the movie the batman that started teachers talk film yes yeah we were i remember it vividly actually um we were talking uh before the the trailers came on for the film and we were both talking about um the climate in the world of academia right now yeah, And I said something to the likes of, man, I don't know what else I would do if I wasn't teaching, maybe be a firefighter or and try my best at being a writer. Um, and you said, yeah, or doing a podcast. And I was like, I looked at you and like, I kind of like looked at you seriously. And I was like, and the Bro, heavens I opened. Would, yeah, the, heavens be- opened, the, <laughs> the sun came down on my, my beautiful face, <laughs> that luscious beard there. I, I looked at you and I was like, bro, like I've been I've been thinking about like wanting to do it, but like, I'm not going to just talk to myself and like, you're my guy and we both teach film. So I was like, I would be down. And like, I said it, I remember saying it like four times and then I was walking Arlo one day and I just texted you. I'm like, I'm really down to give this a true try if you want to. And you're like, I'm in baby. And so we went for it. We started brainstorming some ideas. Um, Teachers talk film was birthed at the picture show um and now it's seven episodes deep um with a lot of promise ahead i'm really excited about it um i feel like we're growing as podcasters um i really like our discussions um i feel like the batman the way we did this one was at the perfect time too because like you said i know you were eager you were eager Eager. to talk about this biting at it yeah, but you gotta you have to wait for the viral tweet. You have to wait for the HBO Max release. Um, and we're doing it at the right time. And so yeah, this is a journey that's just being started. Um, TTF Nation, we thank you. We thank you. Yeah. And uh, one of those things you mentioned is what what really like brings us together. It's two things. It, well, it's actually a lot of things, but it's it's movies and it's teaching. There's old school rap, there's basketball, there's uh we we we've got plenty, but those are the two main ones. Uh, so let's get into some teacher stuff. If you're new to Teachers Talk Film, we like to talk teaching at the end. So if you hate teachers, you hate education, it's okay to stop the podcast. This is now. not the podcast for you. Not <laughs> <laughs> or if you like to hear some weird, funny things that kids do, or just like, yeah, you like a, a deeper look into the life of, of teaching. Because I, I mean, I think it is interesting, even though I said, Maybe people think it's the most boring thing in the world, which it isn't. Um, okay, wow, the people now. What's what's <laughs> going on in the teacher life? Um, 
I told you last week that I was starting Vertigo with my film studies class. Uh, and I, we were just starting it. We were like 20 minutes in. Uh, we actually finished it today and split reactions across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, I've mentioned this before on the pod. I like to show them movies that they haven't seen before. And for some, some really like that. And for some, some just want to sit there and watch Iron Man every day. Um, And it's not the class for you if that is the case. And I'm not sorry about that because there is beauty in film. And I think Vertigo is one of those films that if you truly like movies, you need to check it out. Yes, the acting is not good in a lot of areas. Um. But Alfred Hitchcock directs it so well. Um, basically, what we did with it is we talked about the utilization of motifs throughout the film, like visuals, the spiraling editing effects. Um, Good words, man. Good words. Yeah, the, the color green in itself. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about all of those different elements and how they um, reinforce themes related to obsession, love and power um and so now they're taking those and i gave them an option to either create a movie poster utilizing one of the motifs and then explaining how it relates to one of the themes um they could go the typical english route where they break down a scene and write it out and all that good stuff or they could uh take their stab at making their own podcast um i've done that quite a bit this year and kids have seemed to really like that and i'm thinking that it's the perfect segue to introduce ours but i still haven't done that yet um oh man me either yeah yeah but i'm kids some kids really liked vertigo um some thought they can't get past the acting which i get you're a 15 year old kid um maybe one day you'll appreciate it but i think overall the consensus was weird film which it is Mm -hmm. um but they appreciate it so that was cool what about you uh vertigo great pick i think i said that last time but yeah that's awesome um film studies it's kind of perfect and i don't think i even talked about it but we just did a noir unit we we watched double indemnity probably one i think it's probably the best noir of all time one of my favorites uh and it's it's a great movie because kids start out i mean it's in black and white it's old Kids start out kind of like they won't give it a chance. And then as it starts going, like the mystery starts to go, you've got like some crime going on and not a, not all of them. A lot of them think it's like same thing like Vertigo. It's, it's weird. It's boring. It's black and white, but some of them it's great. On like the second or third day watching it, you'll get kids that are like, this movie's really good. Like they're surprised. Uh, and I really like that. Um, and then I also had, uh, I kind of have some flexibility as far as what I want to do at the end. And I have these kids that uh, ties into our episode today. I mean, kids love superhero movies. So I am, you can shame me and I deserve it. <laughs> I think we're going to do a little superhero unit because kids love it. I mean, I know they'll like it. And I think what I'm going to have them do I mean, it gives us some good discussions to talk about, like, why do people love superhero movies? Why do they see themselves in it? Things like that. 
I think I'm going to have them create their own superhero and we're going to battle it out. They're going to have to explain and uh, really back up. Why is their superhero the best superhero of all time? And I think part of that is like making a logo. You got to make the suit. Uh, so I, I mean, kids are already, I've talked about it. We kind of debated it and I was like, let's do it. I'll make it happen. I'll make some stuff up and kids are excited. So I'm excited. That's hard. And I don't shame you for that. I'm ending the year, like literally next week, we're starting our last unit and it's the blockbuster unit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got to finish with a bang. We're going to talk about like the science behind making a blockbuster, the four quadrant appeal, like how are you going to appeal to all audiences? And then their final project is you're pitching a blockbuster film to the class. Oh, that's you're gonna, great. You're writing a log line. You're giving us a character casting. You're yeah. giving us a brief description of how you're going to shoot it. Um, basic five story beats, um, like the mise-en-scene cinematography elements you want to add. And we're going to vote for which one is going to be the best blockbuster. And I'll, I'll give them something. I don't know what yet, but I'll give them something. Uh, I believe in like the first or second episode, we kind of talked about what kids do when we tell them to do things. And it's just to make things as dumb as possible. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure that the weirdest, wackiest movie will will get the vote of what you would go to watch. Yeah. TTF Nation, stay tuned. I'll share some of the, the highlights. Good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I believe on last week's episode maybe this was two weeks ago, uh, we talked about like things that we see or things that we hear in the hallways as teachers because it's kind of insane. And I just have one quick story because this, I mean, this just happened today and I saw it and I said, this must be talked about on the podcast. So <laughs> if you've been listening, you know that I have been chosen to coach seventh and eighth grade track, having never run track myself, um, but at least knowing how to move the legs and arms to run. Uh, today at the end of practice, uh, everybody kind of leaves in like, let's say it's north. They leave it in the north direction. So hordes of kids are walking in the north. I see a kid just booking it from the edge of the school <laughs> as fast as he can the other way. I like it, it was one of those movie shots where it's just like, you're on the left side and it, you, you whip pan to the right. He, he is flying at the end of practice. I was like, what is going on? And I was just fixated on him outside. Like we can't let kids back into the building to go to the bathroom. <laughs> this kid, there's a, there is a porta potty on the very other end of the field. <laughs> he is running as fast as he can. He, this kid had an emergency of some sort, uh, I was worried about him once I, I like looked at him. I looked at the porta potty. I was like, I, uh, this kid's got to make it. And he had a, he had a decent way to go, but I mean, survival of the fittest, right? You, yes. when you got to go, you put everything into it. He was, he was gone, man. <laughs> did he make it? Yes, he did. Yes, he, he did. Okay, I, I watched him enter the door and then I was like, okay, I can end this saga of my life. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy you made it. <laughs> Good for that kid. Shout out that kid. Shout out that kid. Yep. Yeah. Quick. Quick when he needed to be. <laughs> All right. Uh, you got anything? Are you ready to hit us with uh, our film for next week? 
I'm ready to hit you with the film next week. Um, my mother's coming into town this weekend. And so we're going to record... shout out moms. We're a fan of all moms. Shout out moms. Shout out mamas. TTF Nation mamas. We love you. Um, my mom's coming in. We're recording our next episode early next week. So I'm thinking of something of quality that would be suitable to spend a couple hours with her with this weekend. And so um, I keep seeing it pop up on my Netflix list. It's it has a lot of good reviews. I've heard a lot of good things. We're watching Into the Wild with Emil Hirsch, um, best known as Jay Adams in Lords of Dogtown. Um, it is a novel that I have not read, but you've read it. And maybe that can be a talking point next week. Um, looking forward to it a little bit different than the Batman, but um, surely we'll get some good conversation out of it. So TTF nation into the wild next week found on Netflix. Check it out into the wild. I've been on my list for a while. I'm excited to watch it i might have to open the book back up again and scroll through it real quick i can think of no better movie to watch with your mom than a a guy who goes out into nature all alone because he doesn't like his parents and (laughs) um (laughs) uh and uh i i won't say anything else because maybe you don't know the story but yeah good mom movie yeah yeah we'll see we'll see um yeah, maybe I'll give I'll get some quotes from her to throw up for that'd be great. Mama. Some some mom thoughts. Yeah, mama thoughts. I like <laughs> it. I like it. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, do you have anything else left to say? Uh, or are you ready to peace out? No, I'm ready. Into the wild Netflix next week. Ready. Beautiful. Alrighty, TTF Nation. Into the wild Netflix. Do your homework. Stay up to speed on everything. And peace out. Peace out.